Greetings, nerds. This is Satan and Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very well tonight. Looking forward to, to chatting with you and our guests. So, I can't help but just stare at our Google Doc, because <laughs> your cursor is right in the middle of your, and it's very distracting, sir. Oh, there you go. Is that, okay, the cursor has been moved. Is that better? <laughs> Thank you. Just a little bit OCD coming out. Just, uh, just, just a little. I, hey, I, hey I, I, I try to make sure I, I do not distract you, because I know you take the intro very, very seriously, so... Always, always, and we yeah. didn't even have to repeat it this time. That's right. We've been back this so other... far. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, see, I just screwed it up. It wouldn't be the first time. Are you done? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I should put on rundowns. Okay, Will, now you stop talking so I can introduce again. <laughs> yep, and that other laugh you hear in the background is our new guest co-host, Tamara Gasky. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing good, but I can't make it through an intro, apparently. <laughs> That's okay. It makes them entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you may talk. <laughs> oh, I was waiting. I, I was, okay. Well, tell us about yourself, Tamara. Oh, about me? Yeah. Um, what are your favorite shows other than the Arrowverse, which we're going to be uh, covering tonight? Well, my favorite shows are like The Walking Dead. I, um, I love Stranger Things. Um, I've watched that like maybe three times all the way through. Um, gosh, what else do I watch? I'll watch you. If you're, if someone is like, yeah, if you're, if if you're, you know, checking Twitter and seeing you like, yeah, Yeah, I just finished, um, On the Block because everybody was talking about that. It was it On My Block or something. Okay. I think it was on my block. That was pretty good. Um, I love Daredevil. So a lot of the Netflix stuff, I'm like all over that. So cool. Yeah. What did you think of Jessica Jones season two? I, you know, I haven't finished it. I'm, I'm behind with Jessica Jones. Uh, don't worry. Take your time. But I do like. I saw, what was it? It was all of them together. What was it called again? Oh, the it Defenders. Was, the Defenders. I really liked her in that. I thought she was awesome in yeah, that one. I agree. They just should have called that one Jessica Jones, too. Yeah, she likes, she was a, a scene stealer in that one. So I say good for her because some of the other ones could have set, set out that one. Dandy ran shade. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to say it. <laughs> Everybody says it. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. for our friends over at Geeks uh, Talk TV. Yeah. yeah. Everett, Carrie, are you listening? Because everybody <laughs> says it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, um, what did you? What do you think is going to happen in Daredevil season three? You know, I. I, you know, I honestly, I loved Fitz. Was it Fitz in season one? No, 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 no. The guy, the main guy in season one, the villain. I'm going by right. his name. Whatever happens, I just hope that he's a big part of it because I felt like Kingpin, that's what it was. Kingpin. 
he just really made it for me. Season two was good because of, um, what? Punisher. Electra. Well, the Punisher, yes, but I also liked Electra. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved, was she, no, she was in season two, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm hoping that whatever storyline is ahead of them, that he is somehow, they finish out his story or he comes back. Cause I thought the actor was incredible. So. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think Karen's going to survive season three? Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Karen is, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would like to think she would, but I'm wondering what they're doing with her story. Um, yeah, yeah especially with all of that sexual chemistry on the Punisher with Green Castle. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I'm I'm always wondering like which direction they're gonna go. So I just you know, Netflix can kinda do whatever they want, so not sure. I only bring it up because I know that she's dead in the comics. So Yeah. Aww. But yeah, and it's and it's because of Kingpin. But I thought she like she's like Daredevil's like main love now. Is it Electra that's Electra's is love interest. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but, but she, Karen Page, um, from what Everett told me, um, shout out to Everett Harn, he told me that Karen Page and Daredevil got it on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, um, Kingpin hired Dead, Sh- or not, not Deadshot? No, that's uh, not right. What's his, yeah, Bullseye. Bullseye. Well, okay, that shot is Bullseye, and he killed Karen Page, and it was this big arc. Um, but yeah, Daredevil and Electra have also been a a thing for years. Yeah, they're a thing. They're a thing. So I like. I mean, I like Karen, but you know, sometimes I think you know, sometimes characters like that can get a little lost with all that action. So we'll see. Action. Too much action. So much action and she, she you know, to be on the Punisher though. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Punisher was intense. That was that was that was intense. So. Yeah. Now let's talk about things that are not as um intense, like the flash this week. Yes. No and a voice or annoyed. No, <laughs> oh, that is what, yes. yeah, were we trying to avoid it this week, Sarah? Sorry, what are you trying to say? <laughs> no, I, I delayed because I knew it wasn't going to be that great, but yeah. I watched it. I watched a lot of, um, men fight with each other like schoolgirls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of, um, breacher stuff. That was cute, kinda, and then I, I watched it until 10 seconds, and I was like, oh, this is why I watched this show. Now I remember. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's, Tamara, let's hear your, your thoughts, uh, first this week on. Well, you know, show. it was, I didn't have really high hopes, cause I knew it was gonna be like a, a, a Ralph-centric, uh, episode, but, and it's kind of like they've been recycling his storyline quite a bit, like um kind of working through the same issues, just 
with him. Is he going to be a hero? But no, he's not. Or so I think, you know, I, I think he did a good, I mean, the actor, I mean, nothing against the actor for sure, but you know, there was a little bit of repetition there with him wanting to help, but then kind of goofing off and not taking, you know, the situation seriously. I did like the focus, a little bit of the focus on Cisco. That was nice just to kind of see what was going on with him and with Cynthia. Like they haven't really talked about that like at all on the show. <laughs> like yeah. since she got, I, I think she got cast to be a season regular for another show. So she hasn't been back. But, um, so I was just curious as to like, well, what, what even happened to the, him dating Cynthia? Um, I think the, you know, the villain was, was pretty good, but I think one of the, the big things that I'm seeing with some of their filler episodes, it, it, it feels, it feels like that. It's like a filler, like nothing really happens. Like, like we had mentioned, you know, like the last five minutes, you're like, okay, yeah, there we go. That's what we were waiting for. But, um, you know, the stuff with DeVoe, we're still not sure mm-hmm. why he's doing what he's doing. And, um, you know, like, Team Flash hasn't really figured out why he's trying to get all these metas and um we still don't know what's going on with Killer Frost and Immunet. Um so there's just there was just a lot of filler, you know, with the, the, the villain. Um, you know, the weekly villain or whatever, but the weekly meta. <laughs> but yeah. there wasn't much yeah, the, yeah, the weekly bus meta, but there wasn't much substance to like, okay, now the plot is moving forward. Um, but I will say, I mean, it's always, you know, typically it's always fun watching, you know, Team Flash interact and, you know, um, so it's entertaining on that, on that level. But as far as just story, it didn't, it didn't move very far this week. You could have missed it and wouldn't have missed a thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> except the last five minutes. Yeah. Which, <laughs> that was important. Yeah. That's, it's very unfortunate too, because, you know, everyone, whenever we see Kevin Smith's going to direct an episode of The Flash, uh, you, you know, typically there's a lot of buzz, there's a lot of excitement because, exactly. it, it, and, you know, yes, we, we got to see Jay and Silent Bob, which was, which was a nice little, yeah, it it saved the first, I guess, uh, ten minutes or fifteen minutes of the show because I know when I first right. started watching it, I was just like, "Great, we're here, we go again." It's just the same, you know, we're, as rinse, repeat, and we're we're back to what we've been seeing pretty much all season. Which, you yeah. know, the title is very, you know, was very apropos almost for being null and annoyed okay. because I think we just feel like this this whole season. There's been bright moments like before the hiatus with Run Iris Run and Inner Flashpoint, and then we get back right. to this this place, uh, not Inner Flash, excuse me, Inner uh, Flash Time, and we get to this place again where we just have uh, a repetitive story where Ralph is having his crisis of herodom and Barry's playing the cheerleader to Ralph or, yeah. you know, or, or lecturing Ralph about taking stuff seriously or getting lectured by Iris, which that was a, the moment for me that was kind of, um, I was really didn't like the way that kind of this played out was Iris lecturing Barry about how he was treating Ralph. It yeah. Just, it just, 
just, I mean, I don't know. It just didn't really resonate with me the right way. And I know we, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, um, about characters not being written consistently. Yeah. And, and there's a certain, well, and I guess, I mean, I guess for seasons one through three, well, what, one and two, Iris was written one way. In season three, it was the tweaked into something different. And now in season four, she is like more three dimensional than she's probably been in the entire series run, which, uh, which is a good thing. Um, but, um, that, that's, that, that whole scene didn't work well for me. Uh, it was good seeing Cisco and Caitlin finally be Cisco and Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah. Uh, cause we, I have missed that relationship this, this whole season. Um, with uh, how they both really have been have been sidelined and uh, the sort of tease that um, with Breacher retiring due to his powers uh, going away and Cisco possibly being um, his replacement. I, you know, I hadn't heard anything as far as Carlos leaving the show, but you know, you wonder if was it just. Just trying to, you know, finally shake things up a bit to, to add that drama element to to the show to help, you know, give Cisco finally something to do or to get fans yeah. something to worry about and get engaged in the show. You, know, you wonder how much, or or was it just, you know, theory spiral? He may go away for six months and then come back again at season five, like Barry did in the Speed Force. Oh yeah, that's a good. They might do something like that, but I, Carlos did tweet about it he rarely tweets so yeah <laughs> he, he didn't um he kind of joked about it so i think i think carlos will be there for sure if, if anything he might leave during the hiatus to the cisco character but it might just add like you said a little angst to the show a little drama but i think he'll stick around i guess what stood out to me about that storyline originally i thought it was kind of a waste of time but um, when I was actually watching the episode, I really liked seeing Caitlin as Cisco. And then when they figured out that Breacher lost his power simply because he was aging mm-hmm. and getting old. And that reminded me about how this season we're dealing with a lot of metas who are reaching their power expiration date. Like their yeah. abilities don't last forever. Mm-hmm. We saw that with enter flash time when Jay Garrick is just like, I'm not fast enough. And he's having to um, put up the mantle on his earth. And then we're also dealing that to an extent with DeVoe as he goes through these host bodies because his power is overwhelming and the dark matter is just too much. Um, and he he had that occur with when he was in his own body. This sounds really weird to talk about. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like if, if they really want to end the season well and follow through on that, there has to be this realization for Barry that who who's now married and, and trying to put together a life is that is that as much as he's the Flash and he's the the hero, he's building a much longer and stable legacy with what he has with Iris. Mm-hmm. Mm. That that's a good point. You never know where that could lead. That could lead to 
to, you know, all the speculation about the mystery girl and just, you know, I'm just wondering maybe that could lead to him, like you said, having a legacy of, of the Flash family kind of being added on. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. And speaking about the mystery girl, I feel like, and writer consistency, I feel like the writers are like, okay, this week we're going to tease Mystery Girl. This week we're going to tease Harry being Earbard Thawne and switch. (laughs) (laughs) Giving us whiplash. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's so random. I'm like, they're just playing with us. It's so funny. I'm sure they're having fun, but it is. I'm like, just give us something solid, you know, to kind of, because I thought about that. I thought about, because remember the Mystery Girl gave, um, Harry and Caitlin a look and mm-hmm. they got everybody kind of curious. Like they were like, that was the evil look she gave them. So, you know, you're kind of like, is she evil or is there going to like, you know, turn at some point? But because of you know, the last five, five minutes of this episode, it has me thinking there's definitely something going to go down with Wells, but yeah. I don't know how deep it'll go, but yeah, it'll be something. Yeah. They're not just having fun because they've teased Mystery Girl since the crossover. Okay, that was November. This is just cruel and unreasonable punishment. I know. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Ridiculous. And and I know somebody out there has will do this, but I noticed in this episode when they were in DeVoe's lair, Marisol was going through the computer screens and at one point it looked like the formulas that they were dealing with looked almost like that cryptic code that Mystery Girl and Barry was writing. That's right. I want to see the screenshots and see if that actually adds up. Uh, Pun intended. Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Please, listeners, if you you see anything out there, tweet it to us or send it to us on our new Instagram page. I hope they drop, like, little hints as we move towards the end of the season because what I – I don't want to happen is for the last episode, they explain everything in one sentence. Like, I feel like that with, um, gosh, what was it? It was season two and the last episode, it was like everything was explained. And I was just Hunter like, Zolman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Zolman. I was like, we have had a little bit more than just that one episode. Cause it just, it builds a little bit better, I think, story and suspense and interest when you, you know, you don't want to prolong it too long, but you need to you need to give us a little something so we can have fun trying to connect stuff. Um, but right now it's like everything's still kind of yeah, we don't really have any answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Will hasn't said anything in a while. No, so y'all were having great. No, I, y'all have no, y'all were like. Great discussion. I'm sitting here like digesting it all, and uh, you know, I really uh, don't have much, really, more to add to it. Uh, I mean, I think y'all, the uh, Sarah, your point about. Hey, the, I do. Okay. No. <laughs> right, go ahead. <laughs> but, okay, because I, I don't want to bypass this, and I agree. Probably the best part of the episode was the Harry reveal with Gideon, but I will say I have this episode. I was reminded about how diabolical DeVoe is. Yes. I mean, to yeah. do that to Marisol, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And it was planned from the very beginning when yeah. he was, was still crazy. him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My 
Yeah. That it was. It was like invasion of the body snatchers. You got you're you're just you feel there they did something very clever in the sense that she's learning this and putting this all together in the lab, which is a very confining space. Mm-hmm. So and then you're rewatching videos and you're you're second guessing reality and everything and man yeah yeah that was that's a good point sir they they did finally put the teeth back into both because he had as as a villain had been completely defanged with each yeah each iteration of uh the bus meta that you know he becomes each week so yeah you're you're completely on point on that uh it 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 was very uh, very disturbing. Uh, I will admit to, yeah, to to see how he was how he was using her and how he was controlling her and and you know basically in drugging her. I mean, it was a very yeah. um, you know the you know corollary to real world events as far as how people you know utilize that and uh, you know drugging individuals to to you know bend them to their their will or um, to get them to do things that they wouldn't normally do. So yeah, it was very, very like creepy, evil like deal that he was doing there. Yeah, and I like that it helps. You know, I guess as a viewer, it helps you to be a little bit compassionate towards, um, gosh, Mrs. Devoe. Yeah. Uh, because you're like, wow, you know, she's kind of going through this cycle, maybe you know, willingly, like and who we've seen of her is not really her. Cause when you're drugged, that's not, you know, then you saw how she forgot. So quickly that drug made her forget. And so you're like, okay, she's, she's riding this too. And um, she's as much, you know, she's pretty much a victim as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder how they're going to have that all come out, how she's going to realize or how maybe team flash is going to help her realize she's being manipulated and drugged. Cause at this point we left it in the episode where she's back to, you know, following him. Yeah. <laughs> know what's going on. <laughs> but I wonder if, like, at some point in the, when she does re- do the loop of uh, recording the videos and stuff, I mean, will she leave a breadcrumb that he hasn't thought of that will help her finally break that in the cycle? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Or, or, if it, or with the, with the folded man coming up, even though it looks like he's not the folded man, Typical of the Flash TV show making, you know, subtle twist or complete twist with how a character is portrayed in the comic versus the show. Um, the Folded Man in the comic book, if I recall, is very, he was, he basically does the construct of that dimensional interface where the, the DeVos have their lab. Whereas it sounds like just reading the synopsis of the character coming up, I think this week, or next week, the following week, he is—he uh, looks like a hippie, <laughs> oh. uh, and and, and uh, it, it doesn't have—I think he has some mathematical skills and whatnot, but it's not the folded man from um, uh, like the one that was from the comics. So we—it'll be—I wonder how he is going to play into helping the team crack. Into uh, DeVoe's secret lair, because uh, mm-hmm. I mean that seems to be the place yeah. where he would have the most benefit, and maybe that could be where Marlise gets free of 
the vote. But I, I, I think she'll have a role in helping Team Flash, um, uh, have some success with, with stopping him. I think uh, so too. But I, 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 but I think she's also going to be lost. I think, uh, in, in doing so, I think she is going to help. Oh, yeah. We, right. Yeah. And helping. Or, or either, and, you know, so either, probably, I don't know if it'll be in the penultimate episode or, or an episode before that, but somewhere along the line, her demise, she's going to meet her demise. I think well, so too. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I just I want to put this out there before I forget about it, but I think it should be Iris. Um, not necessarily to kill her, but Iris and her deserve another moment. Last time they interacted, it was the trial, mm-hmm. and there is something really cool that the writers have the potential to pull off, where Iris sees this woman who's been, um been abused and tortured by her husband for God knows how long and who, who she fell in love with before he had powers and she was his partner and um, companion and so much and their lives were interwoven. And then he got powers and suddenly everything changed and, and she didn't realize the change that had occurred. And it's very similar to what Iris and Barry are going through now that they are married and they have the team and, and she, so there could be something really interesting that they do with Iris for if she's like, if the Marisol's last moment and, and Iris is there and, and Iris realizes, um, the potential that Barry has all of his power and everything. Right. And, and that changes a person. Yeah. yeah. And they did hint at that. I think when they kind of introduced. Um, DeVoe's story, like how him and his wife got together a little bit. Like, I think as a viewer, you felt like, oh man, like this is the couples against the couples. Like, this is kind of interesting, you know? There's some parallels there, but you know, I, it'd be interesting to see if they actually come full circle with that. I know the next episode, they kind of have a showdown. Like, they, they go some, you know, hand to hand combat. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Well, didn't I see you tweet earlier this week? I hope for that, or maybe retweeted something where someone said, "Hope Iris doesn't get impaled again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, they are going to fight. I know. Well, it would be cool to see some kind of like, you know, I don't know, them kind of helping or, you know, having a different kind of relationship than than fighting or something. Or maybe she's going to help her or something. But that'd be cool if they bring that full circle. Just mm-hmm. how as a couple, you know, they've had to work through this power or just this responsibility and the difference between how Barry and Iris are handling versus DeVoe and his wife. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually bring that up again. Sometimes the writers will have these ideas and you think they're going in this direction. And then it's kind of, I feel like that was Savitar. Like it kind of just was, it could have been something bigger. And then it was like, oh, (laughs) That's it. That's it. I think forgot to add more to that. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's not to say that the writers haven't brought things full circle. I mean, talk about the last few minutes of this episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You have Gideon and you have Harry. Oh, wait. Or is it Dr. Wells? I forget. Or is it Eobar? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, I feel like it's Eobar. I, I, 
I said that before a long time ago, and someone was like, on Twitter was like, no, it can't be. That's going to be crazy. But because of the crossover, remember he said that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, what kind of face? You'll be surprised what kind of face we'll have next time you see me or something like that. And I'm like, okay, they're going to definitely bring him back. Yeah. And know? I know. Yeah. I mean, the only, yeah. And the only other person, it, it, you know, as far as, uh, I think I've seen out there too, some, you know, some random faults of the mystery girl being Eobard, but. I think, I think, Eobard has been, is, is back, is taken the form of Wells. I guess the question is, how long has he been, uh, has been with the, with the team? Has it been, you know, since he first returned to Earth 2? Um, the only problem with that is, given that Cecile was reading minds, uh, because mm-hmm. of the pregnancy. Oh, yeah. That, unless he figured out a way to, to block her, which is possible. Yeah. Um, well, you're getting into my theory, but okay. continue. Yeah. And then the only other, the other, the only other fallacy I could see it of where, or fault, it, it could be, it could not be fun, but it's indeed Harry, uh, is when, Harry and uh, Jesse share at that moment um, with dealing with the death of Jesse's mother. Oh, right. So, so that means our Harry has been around for some point. Yeah. If, if it's indeed fun, but then it's a little. I'll, I can't wait to hear Sarah's thoughts on this matter. So, take it away, my friend. But I mean. <laughs> Jeez, I, I was going to scold you there for a moment because I'm like, what do you mean the only question is how long has he been on the team? My question is how long has him and Cecile been a thing? Because, dear <laughs> Lord, I need some kind of explanation for that episode. Yeah. yeah. doesn't make any sense. Maybe, maybe, and now you're telling me it. Well, maybe like, that's why schools. they were blocked. Yeah, maybe that's why they blocked things out. Who knows? That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, if I want things. one answer, I want to know why that pairing occurred, okay? Yeah, no, that's Maybe. true. That's really random. <laughs> Maybe that's why the pairing occurred. <laughs> Maybe. So, so okay, so really, Cecile is pregnant with Eobard Thawne's love child? That'll be a thing. <laughs> wow. That we took another direction. <laughs> I don't know. For all I know, it's Ralph Digney's because apparently he can create something yeah. beach. <laughs> Ralph was everything to this show. Now we should just show, we shouldn't call this show the Flash anymore. We should just be all get a man. He, he really is. He I mean, talk about filler. He fills all of those holes. Totally. Yeah. That could have sounded really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear Lord, will help me. <laughs> no, you're hey. So, brother, take I'll throw, okay. Throw it a lifeline. Pull you back in. Pull you back. I don't. You know, I think. Okay, now that you've pointed out all of those episodes that featured Harry and how thinking that since he came back from Earth Two, he's been earbarred. I'm gonna throw that idea out the window. It has to do with this. With his um, helmet or whatever thinking cap that Mm -hmm. he's designed for himself. And that abuse of power has somehow opened up a pathway for Eobard Thawne to get through. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going full brainiac, I guess. Yeah. 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 
that's, so that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, granted, anything can happen off screen that they only remind us about through a, a vibe vision in the future. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, wait a minute. Did he? No, I'm thinking. Did he go back to Earth two to at some point recently? I'm just. I have to go back and you know I watch the episodes to maybe consult with someone on. He did. He did. That's he did. right. That's right. To it's, consult. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's when the switch happened. Yeah, he did. I almost forgot about that. It was very like. It was very nonchalant. Yeah. He went back. So. Huh. Perhaps. That's perhaps when the, the switch happens. I mean, I this is just a season five setup, and I think that kind of pisses me off because I want resolution with this this mystery girl before I get teased about what's going to happen next season. I feel like yeah. why would you try to play all of your cards at once like that? I mean, you. I think the crossover tease was brilliant. Mm-hmm. To plant that seed, make us, and then make us forget about it. Why turn around and start teasing it again now when you have so many other things to tie up? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it sounds. I don't. I have. I, I know Carlos did an interview and he said that. Yeah, that some of the things that we'll be seeing in the upcoming episodes will be plots for season five, and I was like. Can we finish our season four? Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we do that one? Like, okay. They're just like, can okay. you give your main villain a motivation? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, like we, why, why are we doing this? Yeah, we've given up on season four. We're, all, we're just going to move on to season five. <laughs> I know pretty much. They are. They already. They, they know what they did. So they're, they're focused on season five, I think. So we'll see. Season five featuring Cecile and her love love child. <laughs> <laughs> Little Bard. Exactly. Leo Bard. If she was in this episode, but conveniently absent. Conveniently absent. Exactly. Oh man. Um, all right. Let's you know, let's because I, I feel like a lot of and I think I've said this on the show before. But whenever I talk season four, The Flash, I'm reminded about my own frustration with season four and a few other seasons of Arrow. And they did find redemption in season five of Arrow. So maybe, yeah. maybe all hope is not lost. Yep. Yeah, there's hope. There's definitely hope. There's always the cast that can, you know, they'll be there. They'll, they just need some good writing and yeah. it'll work out. Well, and, and hopefully some of the production issues they've had. You know, do the Andrew uh, Christberg right, being right. gone now, and all the drama. Clearly, the stuff that was going on uh, in the writers' room uh, due to his misbehavior uh, will be that element will be out of there. So, hopefully, with a fresh start with yeah. Todd next year, they can really get things back, you know, back on track. And whoever else, I'm trying to think who else they promoted to the executive producer, but um, you know, I'm sure a new team, new blood, new ideas will help. Exactly. I think so, too. I think it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Speaking of good writing, I, I I think that this week's episode of Arrow is probably my favorite of the season and arguably one of the best episodes they've ever done. Oh, wow. Wow. I really liked it. I love about it. I really liked it. Okay, I got I got my list. 
Yeah, start, start, you can start with your list, because this, yeah, we, it's been a while since I've heard you rave about Arrow, so I, I want you to. Yeah, do share, do share. Yeah. One scene in particular that I'll start off with that totally had me geeking out about is that in season three, episode one, Oliver is induced with Vertigo, and he is dressed up as the Green Arrow. And he envisions himself in a suit and tie, so the playboy Oliver Queen. And those two get in a match. In this week's episode, they did the reverse. So in this week, he's in the bunker, and he's suit and tie, Mayor Oliver Queen, and he turns around, and who does he see? Season one, Green Arrow. So last week when we were talking about Arrow, we were complaining that we've seen this before. This week proved that wrong. Like, we have seen him, he's totally in a different place in his life. So he's still dealing with some of the same demons, but because he has changed his, his perspective on, on who those demons are and the weight on his shoulders have dramatically shifted to the opposite. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. That's point number one. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, really, why are you questioning me about this? It featured Josh Segura. Yeah. Oh, well, that was probably, yeah. Well, that was my, that was my first point. Uh, but go, but continue. No, I mean, I'm just going to drop them. And they, they not only featured him, they even had the scar of the bullet wound that occurred in the season five finale. Like that's attention to detail. That was, yeah. And at one point when he's just like, and I'll always be in here. And he, he makes his hand into the gun in the exact place where he shot himself. Like that is just good storytelling. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. To me, that, uh, why I love this episode so much was, uh, just that, well, one, Prometheus is being back. And the, yeah. the psychological uh, warfare going on within Oliver. And even, granted, it was vertigo-induced, but, um, you know, this is interactions with how, you know, with, between him and Felicity, uh, when he went to the impeachment hearing, and... Um, and Quentin. Quentin, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was just, it was just a, a very tight, solid episode. And, and, you know, we, it, I mean, Stephen Amell has just in the last two episodes, he's just done tremendous work at just to go on the performance side. When you think about the showdown he had between himself, between Oliver and, and Diggle last week, and then just basically carried this whole episode with just the, I mean, I just felt exhausted. Just by the time I got through with it, just all the things that, that Oliver had to deal with between the impeachment, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Adrian just, 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 just messing with them and, and, and Oliver getting just emotionally just wrung out how everyone he hit, you know, it was almost like Dragon didn't have to do anything as far as bringing Oliver out. Oliver did it to himself. Right. Uh, emotionally, and 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 just to see him hit rock bottom, but yet, um, 
yeah, it was just it was just a very strong episode. Yeah. It also reminded me of um season three episode no, season two episode nine, Three Ghosts, where Oliver envisions um Jade, Tommy, and I wanna say Slade uh, even. Yeah. Yeah. That was only yeah, and and that's very much like um I I forget the Christmas story. Like yeah, it's just called a Christmas story where he yeah. envisions yeah. But and for this episode, it was it was similar but also very well done in like Oliver, you're finally going into his psyche in a way that I don't think they've really explored before where he not only envisions Prometheus but he also finds himself at Queen Mansion saying goodbye to Laurel right before he gets on the boat again. And also then flashing forward um, to relieve one of his greatest regrets that then they shift it and they remind you how similar that situation is to what's going on with between him and Renee. So it's all of this like. When he says people leave him all the time, he's not making it up. Yeah. Like he's had a yeah. lot of loss. He's mm-hmm. made a lot of bad decisions and felt the guilt of that. So you really got to explore it through this episode in a fascinating way. Mm-hmm. Point number four. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think of the episode? There? You know, I only saw certain clips of it, but. I still was, you know, I still see, I, I'm glad that they kind of wrapped up some of the stuff between him and Diggle because I did see last week's episode and it was kind of, that part was a little, just like, again, it seemed like out of character for, so I'm glad that they kind of wrapped that up. I wanted to make sure that kind of got resolved, but I have to finish watching the episode. So I only saw certain parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not a huge Arrow fan, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's sometimes I, some weeks I forget why I like it so much, and then they do something like this. Yeah, yeah. You, she, she was feeling very hard. It, it was trying to, to get motivated to watch it after the hiatus, but this week, whenever she, she sent me a message, like, I remember why I like this show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. The um, but I I want to point out one more thing because I geek out about little details like this. Is that is that why I think this works so much better than any of those previous attempts before? Is that they? You knew you were set up with the intro to do like a flashback episode in a way where mm-hmm. they reset the time and. Tell, show you all of the events that lead you up into to him um, breaking down the the door um, to get um, I'm losing his name here to get Dragon Richard Dragon whatever his name yeah. is I feel like they call him something else like Diaz do they Diaz call him they Diaz? always call him, they always oh call him Diaz God. yeah stupid just call him Richard Dragon my yeah. God yeah. <laughs> Jesus talk about <laughs> continuity here people. Yeah. And but but then what they do is they start subtly not not really allowing you to realize how much how he is on vertical 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when they when they first bring up Diggle, they do it in a way where he just pops up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so they're setting this tone for you to expect that. And then the and every time all of Quentin's encounters with Oliver, I think, were real. Yeah. And and yet they still use that um, that tone to make you think that he was still hallucinating, which he was to a degree. But um, you even started to question which interactions were actually real and which weren't. Can I say something about? Yeah, yeah. Can I say something about Clinton? I was this was I was happy to see him on the screen. Yep. This this episode because for once it was he was not trying to redeem Black Siren for yep. one. Right. But, for one, but two, it just it just reminded me of how you know how interesting a character uh, Quentin Lance is, and now because of the impeachment, sorry, spoiler alert there, um, <laughs> <laughs> he he's going to be thrust into the role of of being mayor of Star City and trying to un you know undo all the damage that uh, Dragon has made up to this point and and quite frankly that the mess that Oliver has created in trying to handle this by agreeing to these these ransom demands. Um right. so it's um yeah it, it it's a good it's a good uh, off ramp for this character to give him some something a purpose of other than being you know I, I was getting kind of every time they would have these moments with Clinton and, and Earth 2 Laurel trying to, you know, you know, my world did this. So let's do, you, you can, you can do this now. It, um, I, I like they're giving this character something else to do. Um, and it'll yeah. be good to see. It'll be interesting to see how, as Oliver tries to, uh, regain the mayorship, if he does, um, or, work his way um, to this resolution with Dragon that may or may not result in him uh, to uh, identify it pulling a Tony Stark. Um, it will, yeah, I'm just happy to, happy to see see that for him this, in this these last, I guess, five episodes. Yeah, and and that, I feel like by by doing that in this episode, you're giving... Quentin and his desire to redeem Black Siren more legitimate legitimacy mm-hmm. because he's seen it occur. I mean, think about Quentin in season one Arrow. He wanted nothing more to get rid of the hood yep. and he wanted That's nothing true. more to take yeah. down Oliver Queen. And yet he's the one in this episode. I mean, besides Felicity, who's reminding Oliver about how much he has changed. He is not the same guy who got came back from Lian Yun. He's not anywhere close to the same guy who got on that boat. Yeah. And Quentin knows that better than almost anyone. Mm-hmm. And so to see him like as a um as a parallel point, kind of like the good angel walking Oliver through this um drug-induced haze as a juxtaposition to Adrian Chase's character, who's more taunting him, encouraging him to really um, delve into this guilty conscience that he has and find himself killed. Um, it's just, it was, it was so well done. And I think really thought out. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's good for the audience, to see, especially when you're talking about Quinn, because, like, it's so important for audiences to see a character like that doing more than one thing. So that's good that, you know, he's not just kind of trying to redeem Black Siren, but actually has this different storyline. So that's really cool. Right. Especially one that's so well connected to, I don't know, the main character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've always had a really cool, like, dynamic. Even in season mm-hmm. one, I love that. Like, they just, you know, I don't know. It was just a really cool dynamic to watch. So they've always kind of had that every season, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds you about how much their relationship has come full circle. Just yeah. like Oliver has. That's true. That's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to think about that now. Like that, that relationship represents like kind of the evolution of Oliver in a way. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the scene that's replaying in my mind right now is when in season three Quentin arrests Oliver for the first time, uh, and then yeah, you know, I take, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, go back and rewatch that. That'll right before watching this episode, and you're like, whoa, that's different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think when the writers yeah. do that, like it's, it's like they do that by accident, where they create these, you know, like these parallels, these connections, or where you can look back and you wonder if they did it on purpose, but mm-hmm. yeah, but that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to think that they do it on purpose, but I also <laughs> feel like it's, it's serendipitous. Like yeah. they're, they're never guaranteed um, the next season until halfway, if not more through the current season that they're on. Oh, so yeah. even though they're planting these seeds, they have to focus on one arc, which makes you think why they struggle so much with doing that. But that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they see an opportunity to, to, um, to follow through on some of those. Um, if they've been with the show long enough, I think they're just like any um, viewer where they're like, oh, you would use this person because of what happened in this episode way back when. And then that would parallel and and make Sarah freak out. Yay. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the last question I have um, is why does – Diaz think that Oliver is more dangerous as a martyr. Yeah, I was. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, uh, uh, he's, he's basically tearing him down bit by bit. As far as Oliver, to, to just discredit him, or mm-hmm. or to Green Arrow, uh, or or to out, yeah, and also by extension, discredit the Green Arrow and, and, and bringing down Oliver. Because yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I, I really struggled to figure out. When I heard that line, I was thinking, why does he think Oliver is more dangerous to him as a martyr? Yeah. Um, because he's going to all these lengths to 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 bring him down. <laughs> he's you know the marriage right. of Peach. He, you know he's unless he figures that uh, by tearing down Oliver, um, 
it will embolden, you know, if, if a new green arrow appeared, or if it was proven that Oliver was also the green arrow, it just basically undermines the need for the city to rise up to, to you know, avenge his death or whatever, or his that end might, of his political career. That sounds like a good theory. What do you think, yeah. sir? I, I'm, I'm with you. I, it stuck out to me, and I, I still haven't wrapped my mind around it. Okay. Um, was, what, did they treat Laurel as a martyr when she died? Yeah. They yes. made her statue. Yeah, they did. So, but, but no one rised up. Did people fight back or? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. They made a statue, but I don't think it was like, I don't know. Yeah, and it was specifically, crazy. oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying people weren't, I don't remember there being like a riot or people going crazy or something like yeah. that. I know yeah. they made a statue and. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess if it were, I guess if it were proven that Dragon had a, was the reasoning behind Oliver's downfall, then that makes sense that, you know, either by evidence left, you know, uncovered by Felicity or if there was something that Kate and James, um, left somewhere that would expose Dragon as the reason for, for Oliver's, um, uh, you know, failure as a mayor that led to his impeachment that would cause a, a mass outcry, then, then maybe, you know, that could be a reason why he, he fears for, um, him becoming a martyr. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or maybe he just, yeah, I mean, maybe it, it's more useful for him to let Oliver live and continue to jerk him around like this so that, yeah. uh, because to this point, Oliver hasn't really had much success in stopping him. I mean, the city's bankrupt. I mean, they're making, you know, he's got pretty much the entire police force on the take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, why, why would he, why would he kill Oliver? Because, yeah. Yeah, he's got everything he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear with listeners, we are not upset that we don't know his motivation at this point because we haven't been following him since episode one of the season. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Yep. Funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, I guess that's it for Arrowverse this week. Yes. Yes. We, uh, yeah, we have, uh, I guess, but we, we're, but the, as Legends and Wines Down, we are going to have Supergirl returning tomorrow. And, uh, oh, tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Supergirl is back. Cool. And uh more importantly, the originals is back Wednesday night. Hashtag yep. Sarah Lyon. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Yeah, okay. and, and sadly sadly Black Lightning is coming to its season one finale on Tuesday night, so I've gotta figure out what to Well the good thing is Krypton is still going strong, so I'll be able to fill yeah. the void with that. Wow. Hashtag Nissa for president. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Tamara, it's been a pleasure talking with you. We're going to let you go so we can talk some snowdown. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Before before you sign off, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes. You can find me on Twitter, um, Tamara Gaspi. That's, uh, can just look me up, find me there. Um, yeah, I like to watch tons of shows and have a lot of opinions about them. So hit me up. Yep. Be sure to follow her. She's a great friend of the show and supporter. So have a good night, Tamara. Thank you. You too. We like to give the following podcast and the Potter and Family a shout out. The Mockers Podcast, Geek to Me Radio, Geek Vibe Station, Alternative, and Geeks Talk TV. Make sure you give these fine podcasts a listen. And we are back to talk Schmodown for free for all. See, I'm so exhausted now. Okay. This should have been our warm up. Oh wait, it was. And yet you weren't recording it. Will. <laughs> I will do better next time. Oh, it's okay. I I'm sure I've only, I've only watched like what, what was this in total? Like three and a half hours of Schmodown magic. Yes. No, actually three and a half. Yeah. I guess it was three and a half hours. You're almost, yeah. 48 competitors. I, I love this event. Okay. I, they debuted this last year around this time and it was magical. And this second one just, it's a reminder about why this, this format, this idea has such promise. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a great introduction. I learned so about so many new competitors and we'll talk about a few of them. And, and then you see them par, square off against some of the, the well-known competitors and surprises happen every now and then. And any round that occurs could be your last one. You yeah. get a question or two wrong, mm-hmm. you're, done. you're done. Or you just get one right and suddenly you're safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are like schmodown champs who are taken out after just one or two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, for me, I was, I was like, okay, let's get started. And they asked the first question and I could not think of Guy Ritchie's name yeah. <laughs> and I got really pissed off yes. and I was totally done for that round. So you also start to see how morale of the questions being asked can affect you when you're, when you're being sitting in that position for so long. Yeah. Like, you reach your breaking point where you had all of this knowledge and now you've exhausted it because yeah. Drew Wick McWeeny at one point was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm done. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was, it was, it was just and I, that moment when you, he was just so deflated. I felt for him because I, you know, McWeeny was like just rolling through rounds and I was like, you know, he's going to, you know, he might be there at the, be there at the end. And then you hit that round. And you hit those questions, and you are just, you, yeah, you go from hero to zero just like that. Yeah. Because it's yeah, really, it's, yeah, you're right. It's because you only have five questions for, for folks who are unfamiliar with the showdown with the rounds. So if you start off, you know, with, you know, with everybody else three, and you only have one, well, halfway through it, you, you pretty much, 
everyone else has to pretty much collapse in order for you to win. Yeah, and it's a true test of knowledge breath because mm-hmm. you you could be fine in classics or directors or Oscar movies and then they'll ask you a random Star Trek question and you'll have no freaking idea. I mean Will will know. Yeah. I don't know how many times James C. Kirk was an admiral in the Star Trek films. <laughs> but then they will throw out there who was Courtney Cox's cameraman and screen? <laughs> Well, what was his name? Uh, what was his name? <laughs> I'm now trying to remember <laughs> what they Kenny? said. I want to say Chase. I thought it was Kenny. A Kenny, yeah, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's you you can't you can't expect anything. You can't. I, and then you'll have like there was some really good guessing occurring. I yeah. mean, when Kenny pulled that, um, when Ken Knapsack pulled that director's name, you saw it. He was just like, "Oh my God, yeah. I don't know where that came." But sometimes it is there. It's in that subconscious that yeah. you have yeah. all of this knowledge. Totally, totally. But it's crazy. It really is. It really is. But I think the other thing is too is like if you could like. If we, if you could team up with someone, especially when they have the team competitions, you know, those really help, you know, to have that. Uh, Sarah and I, we were joking about how, you know, we could do, for example, how she could take a certain genre of films and I could, it's like, as long as I can handle the track and some of the other things, then, you know, we would be, I think we would be a pretty good, pretty good team on the showdown, but, uh, we yeah, would nail the, it. Yeah, we would, we would totally nail it. it Kirsten, if you're, if you're listening, Man, give us give us a ring. We're here. Fly <laughs> <laughs> out to LA. We're ready. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Did you um? Did you watch the team match this week? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched okay. it yet. But okay. um, yeah. But the free for all. This is my first time. I didn't. I didn't see free for all from 2017. So this is my first one this year. Uh, first one as far as the schmoes. Uh, but you're right. It's a super enjoyable, um, program. Definitely, um, it's a good introduction to the Schmo process. Um, mm-hmm. as you said, it's not only learning the competitors, but just, just learning this is the whole vibe of the Schmo now. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though the, uh, JTE rules, the, uh, we're not in no, and Jen kept screwing up questions, yeah. and it was even starting bothering me. I'm just like, you. There was one question I forget. Oh, it was the Cumberbatch one, mm-hmm. um, because she read it and she was like, "Who has starred in both Star Wars and Lord of the Rings?" Completely skipping over the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, that messed up a lot of people because it messed me up at first until I like went back and realized I was like, "Oh yeah, there's the MCU right there." Right, and yeah. I'm just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad she repeated it and said all three pieces, yeah. but that. it was a very, yeah, because it was a very easy get if you, but yeah, but because, and I think that disadvantaged several competitors throughout some of the rounds. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it, it threw them off their game. It what? does. It When you can't ask for a repeat or yeah. if you don't know how many repeats will be given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about some of these competitors, though, yeah. because there were a few standouts. Mm-hmm. 
We started with Lon Harris from After Buzz TV, um, I believe, and he um, he lasted 10 rounds. Yeah, he was just slaying it. The professor. Yeah. You know, and I I was not a big fan of him. He he actually, I think, appeared in the first singles match this year, and I was not on his team. I, I don't like his gimmick. And then um, this week during Free Fall All, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I get why you're on the show now. You make sense. <laughs> you know your shit. Yeah, he does. He he does. He he was he was pretty impressive there. Um, but then the Godfather appeared yeah. and he stuck around. I don't know how many rounds um, because he did reach his breaking point. But Drew McWeeny, like. I I find it amazing how he's a team competitor with Sam Levine, mm-hmm. and yet Sam Levine has the singles championship belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it, but like as we were saying before, if you hit that, you may just hit that moment of uh, Zen where you're just like uh, that. You know, you're in your zone and you just knock yeah. out. Yeah. And and they two, those two, like they were even at the table. Um, during a few of the rounds, and then Sam unfortunately lost at one point. Mm-hmm. But they are so like a great odd couple yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just what they know and what they don't know. They're very they're very well complementary yeah. of one another. Yeah, they are. That's for sure. And then finally, <sighs> Bibiani is a beast. And yeah. We all know this. But I did not expect him to go 21 rounds. Yeah. Did not at all. Yeah, he was he was truly in the zone. Uh, it was like, yeah, I mean, he could not do no wrong for for it was 21 rounds. He was just, yeah, it, it was like, all right, when he when it, things finally did go sideways for him, I I, I was I was I was like crushed. <laughs> I was like, I wanted I wanted to see this through all the way but unfortunately it wasn't uh wasn't meant to be for him yeah so i i don't know will i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some background on viviani but you may not know he is the first singles competitor to have a perfect game oh i did not know on his debut oh wow yep he faced Mark Andreco. Mark Andreco got one question wrong and lost the match. Bibiani that, got all questions wrong. Or right. Right, yeah. That's, <laughs> wow, that's like coming out with ice. Yeah, just like the way to like kill it there on your first like first outing. Yep. Yeah. His, his debut. And then you know what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he, he went up against JTE, Little Evil himself, and he got musicals. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> and and yeah, it and then since then it's been like like you know, given what he did in that moment and now, like things change. There's a variable to yeah. this game. There's there's a strategy but there's also you sometimes just find yourself in a slump. The questions yeah. don't 
aren't don't go your way, the wheel doesn't go your way, yeah. or somebody's just better than you on any given moment. So yeah. what can you do? Yeah, but I was just, I was just looking at the uh, the uh, Schmodown stats Twitter page, and they had mm-hmm. they had this some stats as far as uh, Viviani, and he had, again, as we mentioned before, twenty one rounds, which was sixty six percent of the event. He mm-hmm. answered eighty seven out of one hundred four questions correctly, and had nine perfect rounds. Forty that's forty almost forty three percent of his rounds. Yeah, almost half. Y'all, or he yeah. had perfect rounds. He yeah. averaged 4.1 points per round and never scored less than three points. That's the MVP, the GOAT. He may have not won the event, but he was definitely the GOAT of the event. Oh, man. Man, that last one was the kicker. Yeah. Like, never scores less than three points? Yeah. Oh, you didn't Jesus. Be yeah, you may not want the thing, if this, but like years ago at the NBA Finals, where uh, I think it was it uh, Rick Barry may have, I don't think he won the the, the NBA championship, but he was the uh, I think maybe the last person to win the MVP for <laughs> on the losing team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this Dibiani. That's that's him with the free for all. Yeah, I I wasn't um I wasn't agreeing, like I wasn't like. Uh huh. I know what you're talking about. It was more like, uh huh. Will stop talking about sports. Let's talk Schmodown, down, which is a sport. <laughs> I <know. laughs> yeah, hey, I was bringing, yeah, I was bringing in some uh, sports knowledge. Hopefully, I got it right. Got to Google it now. <laughs> I I don't know. Like you you mentioned how you were rooting for him. I I I I I'm on the fence about Bibiani. Like sometimes players are just too good, and I actually think I was rooting more for Ethan Irwin because. I've seen Ethan Irwin. He, I've seen his debut match, and then he disappeared, and I was like, oh, the guy went and hid in shame, so he's never coming back, and now here he is. And he was competitor number 29. Um, meanwhile, Bibiani, I believe, was 22, and he lasted until the final table just like Bibiani. And I was actually more going to be like, ooh, is he going to be the surprise because I was shocked last year when Sam Levine won um, the free for all. And, and I thought like, Oh, this could be Ethan Irwin's redemption and he could then challenge right then and there. And this would be a whole thing. Mm. Um, So I was actually more rooting for Ethan towards the end there. Just saying, but you know, um, this is right now the time of female empowerment and, It makes perfect sense to have the Schmodown free for all champion of 2018 be Miss Movies herself. Yep. Brianne Chandler. And, and she, she may have gotten luck, lucky with the draw and everything, sure. but she still had a few perfect rounds there to yeah. secure her thought, um, her yeah. spot and even a perfect round right at the final table. Yeah. So her average points per round played. Uh, according to the Schmodown stats, was 4.75 was her mm-hmm. average. Yeah. And what she, was Bibiani's? Uh, Bibiani's was 4.14. Wow. She led everyone. 4.75. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She was. Yeah. I was impressed. I mean, I yeah. I mean, yes, I was. You know, with, when Bibiani had a streak of rounds going, I was rooting. But whenever, uh, but Miss Movies was. 
I'm I, I, I I'm looking forward to, to seeing her own uh, future schmodowns because she knew her shit. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 also just you know one of the things that makes this show work too is when the competitors have a, a, a great personality and mm-hmm. and and she had she had the two she had the attitude to like you know be an engaging champion for for over a long period of time. Oh yeah, her and um, wait until you see her and Mike Kalinowski interact. Those mm-hmm. two have a rivalry. Yeah. They, she's said in post-show interviews before, like, why does she always feel like she's up against Mike Kalinowski? And um, if you thought her Buffy mm-hmm. presentation was mm-hmm. impressive, um, you should see her Harley Quinn. <laughs> the girl knows how to come prepared to make an entrance. That's for sure. And I'm, I'm happy for her because she's, she's in need of a win. Mm-hmm. Like she, um, she has appeared in singles for a while. She has done her team with Stacy Howard, who FYI, Stacy Howard did a pretty good job too. Very good Kim cost, um, Kim possible display, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, she then left for a little bit. She got during the um the Schmodown tournament last year, she felt very defeated. I think she lost to Mike one more time and um she was very upset and I think that based off of her Twitter feed, she's had um some issues pop up and deal with some some mental stuff going on. Um so for her to come back and make such a splash um, on this level of competition mm-hmm. and has to feel like this is her year. Yep. This is her time. And she's fully prepared to take down the boys and show yeah. them who's fought. Hey, hey, let's do it. I mean, yeah. 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 It's going to be, yeah, as I said, uh, it'll be fun to, uh, fun to watch, to watch her, uh, watch her do this um, for the, for the future, future schmoes. The only thing I can't wrap my mind around is why the heck would she put a stipulation in her contract that if once the Patreon gets um, 2,100 subscribers, Finstock becomes commissioner for a week. Huh. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. At the very last, the last end of part two, there's okay. a two-minute seg- segment. Between her and Thad. Okay, yeah, I missed, yeah, I think I may have flown out at that point, but once the competition was over, but, uh, huh. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, like, I didn't know that Finstock and her were allies. Like, where in the heck is that coming from? Yeah, well, you know, this, just like WWE, this, sometimes there's alliances, you look at, Look at them, and you're just like, where is that coming from? But you know, somehow they yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I have to correct myself just just for accuracy of our in our podcast. It was Jerry West, the logo, the NBA, who was the last person who was the MVP on a losing team. Um, what what title will Bibiani use his um, first contender match for? Will he go? With teams, um, and his partner Whitney Seibel, um, team critically acclaimed, or will he do a singles? Uh, 
I would, I would hazard to guess he would try to do singles just to redeem himself. Yeah, yeah. Not that he needs, not that he, not that he needs redemption, but just give it another shot to see if you know if he could just just win a win close the deal on on the solo tip. Yeah, it's it's hard because I would also argue critically acclaimed needs some redemption because they had a very poor showing in the team Schmodown tournament last year. They didn't even make it past round one. Mm. And and we know they're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wheel spins the right way. They may actually have one of the more legitimate shots at beating the Patriots. And Lord knows that needs to happen. That needs to happen in any sport. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. So my last question, Will. Yeah. I mean, I could not help but think about all of the intro songs that were played throughout this entire event. Yeah. And and I noticed the themes. Um, if you were competing, not as a team, mm -hmm. but if you were competing as a single competitor, maybe an inner geekdom, uh, what would your intro song be? Oh, what would my intro song be? So I would roll out there with uh, Tom Sawyer. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I know that song. Rush. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have to, okay. I'm gonna have to introduce you to some Rush. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm young still. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. yeah. I think I'll roll out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be one of my. Yeah. As far as solo. Yeah. I'll roll out there with that. Okay, um, you probably heard it recently in the Ready Player One trailer, the first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The very first one, not the one with the Van Halen jump, but the very, very Ooh. first one we saw uh, when it when it when it dropped. I want to say it was San Diego Comic Con. Man. Yeah. So go back. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know the riff. You'll know the, as soon as you hear it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that song. You'll, you'll know. What about yeah. you? What, what will be your uh, walk-up music? I, you know, I, I keep, I, I want to link it to movies. Mm -hmm. I really do. But I felt like a lot of the good songs have already been taken. Like, like, um, Ken, he has, um, Kylo's theme from mm -hmm. Star Wars. And Emma had Where Is My um, Mind from um, the David Fincher movie that I can't think of the name with Edward Norton in it. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, I I also try to think about what would my I, I want to say that it probably do be a song from Chicago because mm -hmm. I used to be obsessed with that soundtrack. Okay. Um, probably all that jazz. Uh. <laughs> I could just do something like that. Um, or I was thinking about another one that um, was at the end of Boyhood, the hero's song, mm. um, which would be cool. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't Or social network score. Like, I could go all you over go the place. place. Okay, you got to pick one. Pick one. Close out know. the night with pick out, pick in one. I don't know. 
Like, I was thinking how cool Wonder Woman's theme would be, but that, that's already been taken. Yeah. They took all the good ones. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, 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 our, your next schmoo, next time we do the schmoo now, you will have to share with us your, your walk-up music. Oh, I'm never going to decide, but <laughs> good luck with that. All right, all right, fair enough. I'll think about it more, but I cannot guarantee that. Yeah, but, okay. Um, they can tweet me what they think my Schmodown intro music should yes, be. Yes, yes, yes. At S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And where can they find you, Will? They can find You can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on iHeartRadio. Thanks so much to Tamara for stopping by. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>